What is up, you wonderful, fantastic, beautiful people of the world? This is Ashley Campbell with Daily Encouragement. This is Wednesday. It is podcast day. Today, we're going to be talking about this is a, this is why it's important to be healed. Your strongholds are vulnerabilities to, demo, to demonic attack. Uh, by the time this uh, episode airs, it's actually going to be September 6, 2023 on the podcast, you guys. So... Let's get into this thing. Yesterday afternoon, I was uh, came into my office, decided I was gonna keep practicing singing. I told you guys that um, I have an opportunity to help out with that a couple times a month at a church that I've been going to. And so I've been practicing. And as I was sitting here, um, before I got ready to sing a couple songs, there was this sermon clip that crossed my feet or whatever. And he was talking about how Christians can be influenced by demons or attacked by demons. And it reminded me of some stuff I started working on for you guys that I need to go back to, right? I don't know if you guys remember that video that I did. Um, gosh, what was it? Oh, that's what it was. People were talking about how demons are the source of the confusion with the transgender community. And I was asking the question, well, if that's true, are there any other communities that are suffering that we are mislabeling you know, calling it other things when it really is some type of demonic attack or uh, influence or something. So as he was saying that, it got me thinking about that conversation. And I was, I was thinking about, this is why it's important to be healed. Your strongholds are vulnerabilities to demonic attack. What do I mean by that? Well, he was talking about how you can you know, Christians can at times be influenced by demons, right? Through different various things that happen. He 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 used a couple examples. Um, feeling tired, um, sickness. Um, I can't remember the other things that he was, you know, going off about. But I wasn't focused so much on the details of it as I was just about the whole demonic attack. So I was asking the question, can demons still influence Christians? What is a demon, right? Demons are equated to unclean spirits. What's an unclean spirit? Well, first of all, what's a spirit? Thoughts, emotions, and a will. So we have to ask ourselves, can Christians be influenced by unclean thoughts? Of course they can. Why do you think the Lord tells us to take our thoughts captive, right? Not every thought that comes into our mind is ours. There are certain thoughts that cross our mind that are not our thoughts. I, t I tell you guys all the time, our minds are almost like a like a radio, like we accept, we know these different frequencies that come in and sometimes we attune to different frequencies depending on really where we're at, okay? You might tune into certain things a little bit more because you can relate to it depending on where, you know, what you're dealing with at, at, at any given time. And so can we be influenced by demons? Yes, when you talk about it in the way that I'm bringing it up, absolutely, unclean thoughts. That's all a demon is, unclean spirit, unclean spirits, unclean thoughts. So strongholds, your strongholds are vulnerabilities to demonic attack. So what do I mean by that? Well, first of all, have any of you ever experienced any kind of wounding in your life? Any kind of injuries at all? You know, in relationships, growing up as a kid, have you ever, how, and how, how do you know you have any kind of wounding or things you need to deal with? You know, for me, it's always been sort of the internal emotional state that I'm in, right? Is there any stress or burdens? Is there any thought patterns that I'm constantly cycling myself on? Do you guys ever, 
do you guys have mind loops that you gravitate more towards than anything else? Like things you just constantly think about that are in your mind that are, seem like they're always there and they seem like they're a part of you, right? Because it's just like something you're so familiar with and it's like, oh, this is normal. Well, I've realized in my own experience that a lot of times the reason that I gravitate towards certain thoughts, you know, a thought comes into my mind and that I might identify with it is because there's other things going on underneath the surface. So let's talk about stronghold. What's a stronghold? A stronghold is a place of safety, right? God says he's a stronghold. When we get hurt by other people or circumstances, right? Things can hurt us, people can hurt us, whatever. Any, insert anything that would cause you injury, okay? You're gonna develop ways to protect yourself, all right? And you are going to create a stronghold, a place of hiding. That is absolutely normal to do when you encounter injury. All right. However, not every thing that we go through in the context of now has anything to do with that. How, what do I mean? You might have like a new relationship, a new experience, a new opportunity, and somebody might say something or there might be a certain circumstance that takes place and you might find yourself behaving in a, in a certain kind of way that's all related to something back here and has nothing to do with hap what's with happening what's happening right now okay you got can you guys can you guys relate to that at all have you ever um i'm trying to think of an example for my own life um none's really coming to mind right now i'm sure something will down the road but uh you know you're you're like in a new situation and somebody says something and then there's like they call them triggers right and you and you feel like you know, you might feel offended, you might feel frustrated, you don't even know who this person is, and all of a sudden you're telling yourself all these kinds of stories, right? It, that could all just stem back from a, an, a relationship or something that you've had back here that caused that wound. And now you're just protecting yourself because you don't want it to happen again. Anyway, so let's see here. So this is why it's important to be healed. Your strongholds are vulnerabilities to demonic attack. We talked about can demons influence Christians. We talked about what a demon is, unclean spirit. So I wanna share something with you guys really, really quick that uh was that's in a book i've been reading it's called uh uh family love what we need what we seek what we must create how to get and give the love you've always wanted from your family i actually found this book at goodwill and uh i was reading it this morning and i want to share this with you guys because i i was like it really struck me and uh, i thought it was worth sharing so this is what he says okay let me back it up a little bit he's talking about expectations right expectations of love you know and there's nothing wrong with that but here's what he says but what if our expectations are healthy and yet are not being met we must still surrender the demand the expectation does not have to change but the demand for its fulfillment must we must never demand love care or concern from others even when it may be rightfully due the demand for fulfillment is systematic symptomatic of the wound within not just the circumstances without focusing on the demand keeps us from resolving the wound within the necessity of laying down demands to resolve pain is a truth many people never understand i was like wow well that's that is definitely something to chew on so He's saying there's nothing wrong with expectations, but have you ever wanted that thing to happen right now? Demanding it to happen? It's gotta happen? Holy crap, I've done that. 
I've done that mostly now. Like if I was to apply that to any of my real life situations with daily encouragement, I gotta make money right now. I can't wait, I have to do it now, right? There's nothing wrong with the expectation. If you're doing something to, to if you're working, it's okay to expect, you know, to make money off of what you're doing, right? But the demand part of it, I never thought about how my demands are tied to a wound underneath of it. If it has to happen right now, I was like, wow, okay. So what pain is behind the demand? And this is why stuff like this is not easy, you guys. Healing your life and asking the Lord to heal your life is sometimes a very painful journey because you get to come in contact with the things you have been avoiding in your life, right? You've had injuries in your life, but you never got healed from them. And here's another question yesterday that came to my mind as I was writing these things down. How do you know when you're healed? What's the number one indicator if you've been healed in your life? If you wanna talk about a physical you know, ailment that you've had, there's no pain. You can use it, okay? Well, apply that to, you know, your your life and emotionally and making progress and moving forward and, and uh, you know, no longer hiding in those strongholds. Think about it like this. So how do you know when you're healed? Your memories don't hurt. How many of you have memories in your life right now when you think about it? You think about a particular thing and all of a sudden you feel the pain of it in your heart. Can you guys relate to that? I went through that actually a couple times in my life. I'll share a couple stories with you guys. So when I was living out in the travel trailer, you guys, you know, I've shared you guys, I've shared that story with you guys like a million times, but it's relevant. So me and my husband were living on, uh, living in the travel trailer on some property that a guy in the church owned him and his wife. He let me and my family put a travel trailer on his property, okay? 18-foot travel trailer. It was me and my husband, and I think we had three, four kids at the time. I had a one-month-old baby and then three older kids, okay? And so we're living on the property. We've been there at this point for maybe 10 months. And in the mornings when my kids were sleeping, because my husband had to get up super early in the morning, I would get up. And I would go ride my bike for a couple miles or go exercise. I used to, I used to run a lot. And uh, I would leave, my kids would be sleeping out in the trailer and I would just, it was like right next door. Well, I went to go leave one morning and I stopped in the house. I can't remember what I was doing. And the lady was like, where are you going? I said, oh, I'm gonna go on my run this morning. I'll, I'll be right back. She goes, well, I'm not watching your kids. I said, you don't gotta watch any of my kids. I said, they're all sleeping out there right now. They are sound asleep. I'm not gonna be gone long. I'll be right back. And so I just walked out, did my thing, came back. Well, that night we had a little powwow and uh, oh my God, it did not go well at all. And so for probably for the next, I don't know how many months it was, because we were there for 18 months. So it might not have been 10 months. It might've been maybe like four or five months. So it, it was like maybe the next six months after that was just miserable. Have you ever lived with somebody and had to walk on eggshells? And so I'm living with, you know, we're still there. And you know, I'm, I'm, I'm being the best help that I can possibly be because even though I'm ex extremely frustrated, 
I'm so grateful that she's letting me stay at her house. So I'd go in her house, I'd wash all the dishes, wash the chicken eggs, basically do anything I could to take a load off of her. And um, I remember one day, so I was uh, finishing up my degree at the time. So I graduated high school in 2004. And then right after that, uh, the fall of 2004, I started going to the community college so I could get at least an associate degree because I was gonna go to school to be a registered nurse. That's a whole nother conversation. So I decided, so that didn't work out. That's another story. So I'm decided, okay, I'm just gonna finish up my AA because I'm homeschooling my kids. And if I'm, I went, to, I've been going to college like forever. I didn't graduate to 2012, mind you, 2004 to 12, how much? Eight years. It took me eight years to get a two-year degree because I had five kids at the time, and that's that's a whole nother story. Anyway, so I didn't want to waste all the time I just spent in college, eight years of my life, <laughs> trying to get into this RN program. Finally decided I'm gonna get my AA. Since I'm homeschooling, I don't want to waste the time and get something out of it. So I'm sitting back there doing my homework one night and I'm listening to the conversations going on in the kitchen and they're in there laughing about how moody this person is in particular. All right. And, and the woman who was living at, the, who owned the house, his wife, she definitely could get in these moods where it was like, oh my God, have you ever been around somebody where, like I said, you feel like you're walking on eggshells. They're very angry and you can't approach them at all and it, it was like that all the time so it was very very stressful for me and so they were laughing about it well i was pissed i was like why are we laughing about this? i thought to myself you think i'm gonna go in there and say anything absolutely not because at the time i really still needed a place to stay and i wasn't gonna jeopardize anything so i went out to my trailer and i was like lord this is so stupid this woman is the most miserable person to live with and they think it's funny and, you know, and before all that happened, I, I remember thinking about that time that happened when she attacked me in the kitchen. And then again, that night, that really hurt me. And so for a long time, I was thinking to myself, every time I thought of it, it would hurt. And then I would get angry. I'm like, it is always gonna be this way, right? So fast forward, now I'm at this, I'm walking out to my trailer and I'm like, Lord, I can't do this crap anymore. And it was a Thursday night. And every Friday night, we would meet together for, they called it prayer and fast. And basically we would get together and uh, pray together. We'd fast all day, whoever wanted to fast. Meet together at seven o'clock at night, pray, and then have soup and bread together like at 10 o'clock or whatever, right? So it was the night before that. And I was like, Lord, I can't take this anymore. How the heck am I gonna go to church and raise holy hands knowing that in my heart, I hate this woman. Like I was murdering her. I, I hated her. I wanted nothing to do with her, okay? I was done. I couldn't take it anymore. I, I was done emotionally. So I was like, okay. Then this thought crossed my mind. I was like, Ashley, go talk to her. And I was like, oh my God. I knew the Lord wanted me to go talk to her because I knew that I wanted to be in alignment with his word. I know that he didn't want me to like, he didn't want me to have that, right? God desires that when we meet together with our brothers and sisters, that our hearts are like connected. It's really hard for us to be in unity when there is turmoil, but that's another conversation, right? So anyway, I'm like, oh Lord. I go back in the house. I stand at her bedroom door for like 15 minutes. The bathroom's right here. Her bedroom's like right here, right? Bathroom's here, bedroom's here. Standing in the, in the hallway, my, my stomach is in a knot because I'm like, oh my God, I'm so nervous, Lord. Like, I really don't know how this is gonna go. So I knocked on her door. And I, I thought very carefully about how I was going to approach the situation. 
One thing I've learned, anytime you're ever addressing somebody with somebody, never say but, always say and, and you're gonna see why. So, knock on her door. She's like, hey, who is it? I said, hey, it's Ashley. I really need to talk to you about something. She's like, okay. Open the door. I said, hey, so-and-so. I said, um, you know, I really need to talk to you. I'm really bothered about what's happened. And I just want you to love me like you love your son. And she just looked at me like, she was completely perplexed. Now, obviously me saying that out, out loud just now, it was like, oh, I was like almost wanting her to like love me like a mother would. Cause I lost my mom and I was like, what, how old was I? 16 or something. I was pregnant with baby number two. So I think I was 20 when my mom passed away. But I was like, I wanted her to care about me the way she cared about her own kid. And she just kind of looked at me like deer in the headlights. And she was like, you know what, Ashley? She goes, I just don't get close to people anymore. She's like, I've just been hurt too much. Well, she sat there and she ended up talking to me for like 45 minutes. And it's just like the damn broke, right? I finally understood why she was the way she was. And it was like the next day, completely different dynamic. It was, it was, it was, it was night and day. I was shocked. And that was one thing that I thought was always going to be painful in my life. Another example, even like with the old church, when all that stuff fell apart, I remember driving by the office of, of one of the guys that was a part of the church. And I remember he said some pretty horrible things to me and my husband. He was like, you guys are going to be in grave danger for not being here anymore. Right. Kind of like this weird threatening crap. And, and I was just like, I was really hurt. Cause like I said, I was there for almost 10 years and that's, you know, I, I think you guys have heard the story, but, um, I remember driving by looking at this office every day. Cause we lived in the same town and he had an office set up in the middle of town. So I would drive by and see his office and I would feel it. Have you guys ever seen somebody, you see their face or you see their car or you see their house and your heart's just like, ugh, like you feel the pain and all these memories start coming. I'll tell you what, I never ever thought in my life at the time, and this was almost 10 years ago, you guys, we've been out, we've been out of that church since uh, 20, 2014. And I think the second year we were out of there, or the, it was like the first or second year, I just remember thinking, I'm never gonna recover from this hurt, ever. Because like I said, I seen them and I could feel it. And, that, and that's what I'm asking you guys. How do you know when you're healed? Your memories don't hurt, right? I have definitely been healed from the situation with the church, but it took a long time. I think it took me like three years, you know, just to, just to grieve that situation. It took a while. And not only that, the unlearning I had to do, I had to like do a massive, I always call it, I learned this great term from reading uh, this book from Dr. Henry, Henry Cloud, it's called Necessary Endings. And he says, if something in your life dies, a relationship, a circumstance, something, he goes, do an autopsy. What was the cause of death? What happened, right? And I had to go back and, and look at certain situations and realize that I was not equipped to handle certain things that had, that had happened before. I had to unlearn and learn some new things in my life. And that situation, when it died per se, it helped actually start showing me where I needed new life inside of me. You know how, you know how like 
you guys ever go through certain patterns or certain things that's just like it's always a constant struggle you're like god i'm always going through this that's what it was you know and for me at, at the very tail end of that it was you know being more occupied with what other people were going to think about my life and what i needed to do you know i didn't have any boundaries in my life i didn't give myself a voice i didn't i didn't trust my own discernment in a situation you know um coming into the church when i was 19 i was extremely teachable you know i was like whatever these people want me to do i'm gonna do it needs to be done because i was legit looking to be around people who were gonna uh help me grow in my relationship with the lord i'd never you know my biggest question when i started following the lord was what does it even look like because everybody looked the same and you guys check out the new podcast i did today can you accept rejection? Um, I kind of touched on that a little bit. Just like, you know, I remember thinking, you know, um, what is the difference between a believer and an unbeliever? Like they all behave and look the same. I never saw a distinction in either one. I'm like, you guys, you know, everybody's the same. And I didn't want that. If I was going to follow the Lord, it's like, there's got to be some something different here. I mean, really? And so that was my attitude. I was willing to do what needed to be done because I was honestly seeking just for someone to lead me as far as how do you, how do you be, how do you follow the Lord? Like, what does that look like? And so anyway, very, very submissive in that way. And, uh, that led me on a whole nother journey. And I'm working on another book for you guys right now too. I'm only 52 pages in it. So it's probably going to be a little while before it's done, but, um, I'm writing a, a story about, you know, my, my life as far as finding the Lord, my spiritual background, you know, my history in the Lord, things I've been through, um, you know, the biggest burdens I've had at, you know, and then all the tools the Lord used to heal my life. So, you know, um, it's, it's, it's going to be about my own story. You guys are going to learn about a lot about me in that book. And, uh, hopefully you guys will be able to, um, relate to some of the things I'm sharing with you guys in there. And like I said, I'm sharing my whole story with you guys and I'm sharing a whole bunch of stuff that uh, God used in my life in particular to heal my life. So anyway, I digress on that. But where was I? Yeah, how do you know when you're healed, your memories don't hurt? And so, you know, this morning, I was just reflecting on what this guy was saying. The demand for fulfillment. Do you have demands on your expectations? That's fine to have expectations, but are there demands behind it? It has to happen now, right? And uh, he goes, the demand for fulfillment is symptomatic of the wound within. And I was like, wow, Lord, okay, so where do I have demands? For me, daily encouragement, making money right now, right? I need to make money right now, Lord. Where did that come from? I shared with you guys before, I built my whole life on the security of my uh, biological dad, uh, paying child support every month, which he did. Right? So there's a security in that, looking for security, right? Because I didn't have it in my relationships. And realizing that part of releasing that demand is realizing that I didn't have what I needed from my dad growing up, my biological dad. You know, and I'm getting emotional just talking about it. So I know that that's an area for me that I have to grieve. My biological dad, I was not in his obituary, I was not mentioned at his funeral. I was literal secret life, complete denial, right? And I remember always telling myself, oh my, you know, my past doesn't affect me. Anybody ever think that? <laughs> Dude, I was the queen of it. 
I never thought that any of the stuff that I was struggling with had anything to do with my upbringing. Seriously. Not until I wrote Nuggets of Truth. <laughs> and I hope you guys get that book because I'm telling you guys, there's a lot of really good stuff in there. You know, but I just, I realized that as I've been on this journey, okay, so daily encouragement's only been around since 2017. But God, you know, he really started healing my life. I'm going to say, I guess maybe it was early 2016, 2015, 2016. Okay. And it's still a journey, you know? And that's one thing I, I want to tell you guys. Um, if there's anybody out there, right? So you, you want to go out and you want to share your life with other people. Just do it. Don't ever wait for circumstances to be perfect. You know, I remember being in certain groups around people when I started doing this thing. And I, I used to get a sense from certain people that I had to be like perfect in a way. Like I couldn't struggle with anything. I remember, I think I told you guys I had a really painful fallout with my best friend back in 2020. Remember I shared with you guys the new wine and the new wine skins and how I was, I was getting these new insights and I was realizing what I needed. And I was asking her to come on, come along with, you know, come on board and you know, start communicating with me more. And as soon as I started pressing for that in the relationship, it just went boom and it fell apart. And I all of a sudden just kind of had this vision in my mind where I'm sitting here and I'm pouring this new information into her, but she's got old wineskins. And so as I'm pouring this information in, she's exploding at the seams. All right. And I was like, oh my God, I never realized that that what's, what it's like for her because you know, she has her own journey, right? And she had these old ways of behaving and I had these old ways of behaving too. Like, that's why I think we were so close. We related to each other so much in that way. But now I'm wanting to do something different and she hasn't really come to that point of realizing for herself, right? And I'm asking her to do something that she's not ready to do. And so anyway, um, I just remember, you know, going through that. Why did I just bring that up? I know there was a reason for that, you guys. I hate when my brain goes everywhere. But uh, so, yeah, you know, I had I had to grieve that relationship. Um, what was the rel relevancy of that? I can't recall. Dang it, it just went. But uh, really quick, you guys. Let's see if there's anything else I can share with you guys. So, how do you know when you're uh, when? How do you know when you're healed? Your memories don't hurt. So, same with physical injuries. They don't bother you anymore. You can recover, and and that's what I mean. If you are emotionally hurt or like you're demanding, right? There's like the stress. There's like this expect, nothing wrong with the expectation. He says demand has to happen now. What's underneath of that? Is there any kind of pain or any kind of security that you're looking for? Like you got to ask yourself these questions and this is not easy work. I'll tell you right now, healing is not for wussies. Healing is really uh, not, it's, it's painful sometimes. It's like when you go in for like surgery or whatever, like you got to get things dealt with it's not always it doesn't always feel good it's like rehab <laughs> certain parts of your life you haven't exercised in a while now all of a sudden you're addressing it and you're like ow that hurts when i move it right i mean that's how your heart is sometimes and i talk about that in nuggets of truth i can't remember if it's the last last day or whatever it's a 93 day devotional but there's one where i talk about like your heart's a muscle and you have to use it right and sometimes it's not easy maybe i'll maybe i'll talk about that on friday Maybe not. There's something else I want to talk to you guys about on Friday, and it's about um, getting your feet washed, right? What does that really mean? I know a lot of times, like, churches literally think it's us sitting down and washing each other's feet physically. Now, that is a great sign of, you know, humility or whatever. 
But it goes even deeper than that. It's really powerful when you can get around other people who also need to get their feet washed, right? And, and, and being real with each other and vulnerable in that way. When Jesus, Jesus had to wash all their feet. We're going to get into that on Friday, you guys, because I think this kind of ties in with the healing journey. Because you have to learn, you have to put yourself in the space and being around people that are on the same page as you. All right. Um, the only way you're going to learn new things is, is all, okay. And I talk about this in devotional too. You guys got to get your hands on my book. You learned certain things in relationship and now you got to unlearn certain things in relationships. So your relationships are going to be key. You have to be able to practice this information. You guys, you have to be able to take these insights that you're learning and put them in a safe relationship so you can actually utilize it. And that's why the family is so important because the family is supposed to be a safe place where you can like, you know, as, as adults, husband, wife relationship, you're going through the healing process together. You can talk about these things and you can ask God to give you a vision to cultivate new patterns that you want in your own family, right? What kind of family you want to create that God will give you a vision for that. And so, uh, you guys, I'm going to shut down on the podcast here. I've only got like about a minute left, but I hope you guys got some value out of this podcast today. Um, it was definitely eye opening for me realizing certain areas of my life that I still have to grieve. And really it's just, it's, it's really, sometimes it's just, uh, you know, like for me, I have to really look back and be like, wow, Lord, how much did that me, my dad not being in my life, my biological dad, how much did that really mess with me? Apparently a lot. Right. But when you like push something off for so long, you're like, eh, that really ain't bothering me. And then things like this happen. God has a way of exposing things. Okay. So, and that's what I love about the Lord is because God really does want us to prosper. And he doesn't want these things to get in our way because he does have plans to prosper us, but he doesn't want my past getting in the way of my future. So anyway, you guys, I'm going to stop right there on the podcast. I hope you guys have an awesome rest of the time. And, uh, you know, what? actually I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, All right, you guys, so that totally got cut off right there, but I want to share something really quick that the book was talking about, right? Grieving. We don't talk about that very much. A lot of us, when we talk about grief, it's kind of like somebody dies and you just feel sad, right? But you know, the grieving process is just learning to accept reality and accepting the loss in the context of that. And that's painful sometimes because you know what, like for me growing up, I didn't, I wasn't in an environment where I could show my emotions with my family because like the only emotions there was, was like anger and more anger and stress. That was it. There was no like safe place for you to be vulnerable talking about the things that hurt you and what you need because my parents were not preoccupied with that. They were preoccupied with their own problems and their own issues. Right. And so I never learned to, you know, deal with my own in that way. But what I want to say is what, when I was reading that book earlier this morning, he was talking about grieving and allowing your tears to come out. How many of you feel comfortable with crying? That makes, that's vulnerable, isn't it? I, you know what? There was a time where I never like really cried in front of my kids. I would try not to, cause then I, you know, you didn't want to like stress your kids out or whatever, but, uh, or like, okay. Example, watching movies. Have you guys ever watched a movie? And it like, you, you're like, wow, it like really struck you in some kind of a way you're like crying maybe because it's so beautiful or sometimes it's really painful. Um, but have you ever watched a movie and you know, you start crying if you see something or, or you're like, okay, my kids will put on, uh, 
uh, there was like these YouTube videos they were watching, my younger ones, and it was like dads coming home from the military, hugging their kids. And I was like, I just, I just start crying, right? Well, you know what? Part of the grieving process is letting out your emotions, letting out your tears. And, you know, I don't think like for me personally, that was something that I never felt comfortable with doing. I'm just like, oh God, you know, like that felt extremely vulnerable. However, if I look back on, you know, the healing journey I've been on, uh, I remember when God, you know, I told you guys, God's going to use your memories to show you how you form certain mindsets and conclusions about yourself and other people, kind of like your roadblocks. God's going to show you your memories in your life that have formed those. And, you know, when he was showing me uh, things happened in my childhood, like my mom and stuff, I just remember sitting there crying my eyes out. I cried for probably, gosh, it felt like two weeks, you know, and I, I was like, what is going on with me? I was almost trying to judge myself. Have you guys, and you know, I think that comes from being around people like, oh, you should be over this by now. Oh, you should get over it. Right. And, and, and you're like, I'm not over it. Like that did bother me. And if we don't learn again, if we don't learn these things growing up and it's, if we don't even cultivate it or it's not even a conversation that's never been had, this is the stuff we, this is the hard work we got to do as adults. This is the stuff. Um, God was vulnerable. Was Jesus Christ not vulnerable and telling you his love he had for you and then literally doing what he did? Humiliating himself? I mean, Jesus wept when, when people died and we weep when people die. I mean, if you give a crap about them, sometimes, <laughs> what's it say when the wicked perish, the people rejoice? That'll be another conversation, right? Anyway, um, so just realizing like for myself, it, I was never comfortable with crying, but I'm realizing how important it's been. And that's what he was saying. You know, I hear it all the time. If you want to heal it, you got to feel it. We have to, we have to get in touch with our emotions. And that's the other thing. A lot of times churches are like, they, they're really leery of that conversation because it's like, well, you can't live by your emotions. Well, duh, Gina, we know that. We have to just appreciate the function of them though and use them how they're intended. I like to always say that your emotions are indicators, okay? Like if you got a burden on the inside of you or if you're feeling weighed down, that's, you gotta look at that stuff. You gotta ask yourself a question. Why am I feeling this way? Sometimes, you know, again, let's talk about your strongholds are vulnerable to a demonic attack. Let's, I never brought this up, but now's the perfect time. How can I say this? You've had certain things happen to you. You have certain places of, that you hide. There are certain thought patterns that you attach yourself to because it's familiar with the safety of how you have protected yourself. There's certain thoughts that go with strongholds. Does that make sense? That's why if, if, if that's why we are vulnerable to demonic attack. And most of the time we don't even know it is a demonic attack. We think it's normal to sometimes be on these auto loops in our thought life that are destructive to us. We call that like the human experience, which it is. You guys, hold on just a second. My youngest is upset right now. Hold on. Here she comes. I'm going to pause the podcast. Hold on.